I went on a, a Chromebook rampage. I, I terrorized the locals. I Everybody was just getting chromed. And... <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> Sorry. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your fifth cup, right, of Linux Plus. I can count. Yeah. Welcome to your fifth cup of Linux Plus coffee. My name's Jason. I am joined, as always, by my buddy Shickle. How you been, man? Living the dream. Living the dream. So, I kind of miss making Linux videos, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I haven't made very many videos even on my personal channel. Uh, I've been busy with a new job. Okay, so obviously <laughs> you have to tell us about your job because you you yes. transformed from being a mini fan into a mini employee, right? Yes. Tell us about so, it. So I work now at the local mini dealership, which is kind of insane to me and it's like my dream job at this point i love minis i always have i've been a customer there for about five years now and now i work with them which is really cool and i want to keep building up those bridges and keep working with the the brand and the people that i love and it's really great um i mean sometimes they're just like hey like we need you to like go pick up a car and like literally in another city at another dealership they're like drive over there with someone pick up a car and drive back and it's like okay thanks <laughs> yes so so uh pay me to drive my favorite car basically right exactly how did uh i mean how did you land this was it was it from all of your um i don't i don't want to call it influencer-esque activity but i mean you were like a genuinely enthusiastic mini fan on instagram and twitter and everywhere that you exist right is that did that have something to do with it surprisingly not actually what was really weird about it is it was the most sort of normal run-of-the-mill kind of job interview i think i've ever had it was i i applied online and then i went in for the interview with my now manager and it just it went really really well um and i got a call back like three days after the interview and it was he was just like hey you know i just wanted to call and let you know that um if you're still interested you've got the job and i was like fantastic man that's okay that's awesome congratulations (laughs) What has your computing life been like lately? Absolute chaos. <laughs> chaos doesn't begin to cover it. I went on a, a Chromebook rampage, and I, I terrorized the locals. I Everybody was just getting chromed. And <laughs> I just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, for some reason, that sounded dirty, but hilariously dirty like everyone was just getting chromed i don't know it's just let's talk about our mugs all right because i've been Mm. dying i've been dying to show people this mug um this beautiful as you can see shickle here is modeling the customized linux plus coffee mug available at shop.spreadshirt.com slash l4e store so we launched the the new linux for everyone merch stores like last November or December. And just this last weekend, yesterday on Sunday, I finally bought merch from my own store. 
feel like such a I feel like such a bad bad Linux for everyone captain. Uh, but I made up for it. I bought um, five mugs, all customized. A customized mouse pad. And what's really cool is, you know Nassif, right? He does all the, he's working on the new website and he does um, the majority of the thumbnails for us on on the video channels. So I offered to send him, um, you know, something from the merch store for all of his help. And he came back to me. He sends me this link from the shop and it's this gorgeous version of our mouse pad where like my my designs okay i'm just like slapping logos on there and going okay sell it right so the mouse pad it's just a white mouse pad and it's got the giant linux for everyone logo on it and centered and so what he does is is he takes it and like shrinks it down up into the top left corner makes it really really nice and then in like this nice cursive font i think it's called um lobster on the very bottom centered it says linux and it just looked like so elegant it looked like this elegant letterhead right and so then i was like oh my god that's right you can customize the crap out of this stuff yeah. so i took a, a, a cue from him and i put the linux for everyone logo on the top left and then just did the customizer right and added the linux plus coffee one added make it linux and added i make foss in each corner and then uh, in the center, I wrote "Welcome Home," oh, and and ordered so it, good. and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yes. It didn't even. It only cost like a dollar extra to do all that customizing. So like almost nothing. <laughs> anyway, I <laughs> bought it. I bought perfect. a ton of stuff so that uh, we're going to do an unboxing video and critique the quality of the merch and show people like how cool it is to customize it. But I wanted to show you uh, my mug for today was a Lana special. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Optimus Prime. That is amazing. Oh, hold on. Hold on. How does it work? Hold on. Whoops. <laughs> I don't want to spill it. Okay. Aww. <laughs> and your steaming coffee and being kept that hot, of course. That's the coolest thing ever. <sighs> oh. Linux for everyone hit 50,000 subscribers over the weekend. Yes. And this is the first yes. this is the first video that uh that should be published after that's happened. So hey uh producer, producer guy, uh <laughs> producer Dave, can you get some cool like explosion graphics and like confetti yes. falling on the screen? 50,000 that's the way to go. That's um, actually like a huge number. Just the fact that the like these are people and there's like you could fill multiple auditoriums with them 50,000 is oh a lot God. of people. yeah that's like a that's like a Foo Fighters concert at like Wembley or something <laughs> right <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> lest I forget our library and Odyssey audience also there's uh something like yes. 2300 2200 people there as well so well we want to talk about a few things uh you have been really hyped about elementary OS 6.0 and then we want to talk about Valve's Steam Pal handheld PC handheld gaming console. <laughs> handheld PC console. Yes, thank you. Uh, we want to talk about Valve's uh, alleged, because until Valve confirms it, it's, it's still alleged, uh, handheld PC gaming console called the Steam Pal. But let's kick it off with uh, Elementary OS 6. Hyped is definitely an understatement, but this happens 
every single time elementary does something so maybe it's an obsession maybe it's just a healthy addiction either one works for me but um a lot is changing with elementary os 6 and a, a lot of it is visual there's a ton of visual changes i mean there's a dark style coming to it there's uh different colors like accent colors They've got blueberry and grape and lime and banana, all kinds of Are those the actual names colors. for the accents? Those are the names nice. of the colors, okay. which I absolutely love. <laughs> cool. You can't go wrong with and fruit. Everybody loves fruit. You really can't. No. It's it's perfect. And I think what I really love about it is that it has taken them a while to get to the point where they're starting to implement things like dark styles. But they paid so much attention to how they do it and not just the fact that it's there that I think it's really going to show in, in the final product. I've, I've played with the beta. I've done a bit of testing with the early mm -hmm. access builds. And they really put an effort towards trying not to step on the toes of both users and developers. Because if a developer is designing an app to work a certain way and all of a sudden the system just goes, all right, now flip this bit and switch to something else and they're not predicting it like stuff mm. could seriously break and that affects not just aesthetics but i mean it could be an accessibility issue you know people can't that's, use an app that they can't read that's true so all of the uh, all of the apps that are designed for elementary os in the app center um i'm assuming that those will pretty easily inherit light or dark styles likely but okay. there is the uh the possibility because all of them can sort of uh, do their own thing in certain ways. I think typically not only are they encouraged to really use the elementary OS style sheet as much as possible rather than custom sheets, mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that they they tend to prefer to do that as well because feeling and looking like a native app is is crucial to the user experience for and it's mutually beneficial I think for both third party developers and elementary OS. I haven't followed Elementary as much in the last several months, but has there been any progress with the App Center for everyone? I, mean, just to, I don't I, have I guess the... we should catch maybe maybe catch people up on that. In a nutshell, uh, App Center for Everyone is Elementary's attempt to kind of bring together all of the indie app developers and and help them spread their software and help them spread some mindshare beyond just Elementary OS. Right, so I think we're talking about having uh, the App Center as a flat pack, right, where people can just install yes. App Center on their own distribution and automatically inherit all of those designed for elementary OS applications, which in many cases are brilliant. the The core of any great app is do one thing and do it really well, and that that has always what's jumped out at me about all the elementary OS apps. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the great thing here is that this doesn't just mean having access to those apps. It means that those developers can get paid for those apps because in the app center on elementary OS, developers can charge, you know, X amount of money for their apps. It's a suggested donation essentially, but this hasn't really been done before, if I'm not mistaken, on on any modern Linux distribution, right? Where no. you can open up an app store and and be able to support the developers directly through that software center uh, with you know with some coin. That's what's exciting about it for 
the developers and um and 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 for certain users like me like i would love to be able to just directly support a great application um by buying it on yep. my os that's not that's not an unheard of uh type of <laughs> type of behavior right seems pretty normal doesn't it yeah <laughs> I love the the way that they implement it as well. There there's something very nice about the fact that it is optional, but it doesn't sacrifice the developers being able to declare what they think their their app is worth. And I think that's really important is that you get a feel for what it probably should cost based on whatever time, energy, or resources that the developers put into it. And I think that's great that they sort of get to set the standard on, you know, what a fair asking price for their their work is so uh have you been able to play with the new elementary os 6 installer yet i have yes yeah, and okay. i'm really liking the look of it um i know that looks aren't everything but when it comes to the first experience you have with an operating system i mean yeah. before you even experience the operating system it's a completely different design language than i'm used to and i think that it's it's really going to impress a lot of people. It impressed me. Uh, it's still in beta right now, but I think the biggest thing about it at the moment is that encryption is a default setting. It's something that's oh. just like, hey, encryption, you know, and you could choose not to, but it's just like the the next step in part of the installer is encrypt the disk. It's not a uh, an option you tick in like a list of things like it was in Ubiquity, the, the previous installer. Mm-hmm. It's actually its own page as part of the the step-by-step process. This also has a lot of other benefits because the key thing about this installer is that every uh, install is an OEM install. So whether you install it yourself or someone installs it at a, a factory somewhere or you install it for a friend, it's the same image you use for everything, which means there's no separate installer images or boot options. But it also means that when you first turn it on, you don't have like temporary passwords that somebody's had to set for you. It's it's part of the first run experience. Once it's installed, then you set up a user, then you set up a password. They've completely separated the two, which means you don't have to worry about those things anymore. And it sucks handing someone a laptop you've, you're trying to install Linux on on for them, and then they are like, "Hey, what's the password?" And you're just that's smart. Like, that's that's a more way more elegant way to. Yeah, to approach that. Does the new installer have dual boot support where you Ooh. can, you know, where it'll perhaps uh, auto detect another Windows or Linux installation and then allow you to resize and do all of that kind of like uh, Ubiquity and many of the other installers? That's a really good question. I haven't actually tried it on a disk that has another OS mm, on it. Okay, I might give it a shot then and maybe maybe capture some B-roll or yeah. something. To... If I'm not mistaken, I remember that at least the Pop! OS installer didn't do that for quite doesn't. some time. And I don't, it still I don't know doesn't, it still as far does. as I know. I mean, I've, I've done some fresh installs just last week. Quite likely that it doesn't then, but I would be really curious to find out because I know elementary OS is still using Grub at the moment, which is the, ah, the bootloader that basically right, everything right. uses. Except and Pop, Pop OS is <laughs> is ba- Pop OS and Solus, I think, really are the only two outliers there. So there there's a possibility, but I miss Grub. When I use Pop OS, I miss Grub because I do have one system where I'm booting Windows and uh and Pop OS. And 
the the only I guess stable solution for me is to go into the BIOS and then manually yeah. choose the the boot drive or the boot partition every single time that I boot up. And I just I miss that functionality of Grub. So yeah, I know I can. I'm a add, little crazy. I know I can <laughs> add Grub back in, and I would love to do that and and use Grub customizer and just make it all amazing. But uh, it's my production machine, so I don't. I'm not risking anything. <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep that into tip-top shape. It's clean, it's, not worth it's it. stable, I'm not messing with anything. I remember the last time you did, and it all fell apart. Oh my god, I don't even know, I don't even know how that happened. It, 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 it took was really out, bad. I took out this system, uh, I took it outside, and I opened up everything, and I just dusted it out with some compressed air. And somehow, somehow, that led to one of my drives getting destroyed and then in the process of trying to fix the drive i lost so i yeah it was an absolute inconceivable nightmare that could only happen to me as my (laughs) wife would say that would only happen to me so you went outside to uh clean the dust out of your tower and and then lost three days to (laughs) like (laughs) data recovery and uh reinstalling os and software and just yeah i'm exhausted (laughs) just thinking about it any other thoughts on on elementary i'm just really excited for it it's it's been a long time in the works and i know they had a lot of plans um i'm just i'm really glad to see it in the phase that it's in because it's so close to being ready i mean there's still things that they're working on but Mm -hmm. It's going to blow people away. I think it really sets itself apart from what you expect from Linux. It feels very much separated from that typical Linux distro feel. It's yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I will say that uh, the best feeling Linux distro on my old 2013 MacBook Pro was Elementary 5. Something else I wanted to throw in about about elementary as an organization, which I think this I think this would interest people to know. Uh, they approached me several months ago asking if I wanted to produce a series of videos for elementary six, and not just hey, will you volunteer your time? It's like we will pay you very competitive rates to produce these videos for us. And they were talking to me and several other uh, video producers, so. I I ended up turning them down just, you know, because of time constraints and stuff. But I was so um, encouraged by that, not because I was getting a job, but because they have the resources and the and the and the funding and the support to be able to go out and say, we want to professionally hire people to, you know, to produce something that that shines a, a beautiful light on our product and and brings it to more people and gives us like better marketing appeal and all that stuff. And so it's it's nice. I love that they are you know, they're they're rising. Yeah. Elementary is rising. And um I can't wait to see how people embrace version 6. Hey Shickle. Do you remember steam boxes? I do. What'd you think about what'd you think about them? I kind of liked the idea of them. It was a huge thing for a while. I like I would open YouTube and it was just 
building insane like steam boxes steam machines were you into linux at the time uh, i don't remember I if wasn't. you, you I weren't okay I was. oh okay yeah. okay i wasn't either but i was there in the room with gabe newell at 20 was it 2013 ces uh or 2012 ces i i forgive me i don't remember which year but i was there in the room with gabe newell when they announced the concept of steam boxes and they had along these three tables in the room they had uh systems from i think i buy power and falcon northwest and all of these uh, puget maybe puget systems uh all of these really slick looking variety of sizes custom pcs except for the fact that they were running steam os they didn't do so well not for not not for lack of trying but i just uh i don't think that gaming on linux was viable back then this was before proton you know and, and before it was before we had like 7000 windows only games that we could just install and run on the steam for linux client before steam play uh before yep. steam link before so many of these pieces of the puzzle the valve has been building and the newest piece is allegedly called Steam Pal. Steam Pal is the uh, working title. And again, take all of this with everything we're going to talk about in this segment uh, with a grain of salt because Ars Technica has an exclusive on this. And although they have confirmed with multiple sources inside of Valve that this hardware is being uh, prototyped and worked on, I don't consider anything official until Valve actually announces it. Do I believe it's happening? I do. Um, and Steam Pal is basically going to be a Switch, Nintendo Switch-like handheld gaming console that runs Linux. Because of course it does, right? <laughs> of course, after all of this work that they've done on Proton, now Linux gaming is more viable. What we, what we know, according to the Ars Technica article, is that it will be a little bit bigger than the Nintendo Switch. It'll have the, the type of, uh, you know, D-pad and, and face buttons that you expect, and a touchscreen interface as well. And uh, it will be most likely, it has to be, right, a system on a chip, like a Intel or, or AMD uh, Ryzen type of apu there's no way that they're it it crazy be, if it wasn't yeah it won't be dedicated graphics so let's unpack this a little bit i i have concerns and excitement kind of beating beating each other up my question is shickle who do you market this to you remember what was it the the PSP? Oh, of I course! I still have yeah, I still have the PSP. Yeah, I think I still have one as well. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that market, maybe not that market like as they grew up, but the same market that it would have been now, is almost the market that you push this towards. Uh, uh. Nintendo's appeal, I think, is really that generally there's a lot of wholesomeness about their their consoles there's a very different feel in the 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 atmosphere of nintendo titles and the way they design their system whereas this feels a little more raw almost that sort of um 
appeal, but with the added benefit of it being totally digital. Interesting. So it's actually a little bit more like the, was it the PSP Go? It's a Vita? Was it it the Vita Go? One of the, one of the, they tried for, I don't know if it was was the PSP or the Vita, but they tried an all digital version of that. It was way ahead of its time and it totally flopped. Now I think, I think we're absolutely ready for that now. So you would pitch it as a handheld gaming device for grownups. Just about for yeah. PC enthusiasts, maybe for PC enthusiasts. Yeah, okay, it's okay. Um, I think the the one thing that I find interesting and I don't know where the the marketing is going to try and cover it if it does go in that route is that we've seen things like uh, Steam Link, I believe they call it. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that allows you to basically play on any device. Yeah. Um, so I, I I wonder how it's going to compete with their own market there that basically at no cost turns any mobile device into a handheld gaming system i don't know uh, i it's uh if i was valve i would be terrified of of marketing this device okay to your point i i think that there are people out there who are purists who you know yes i can uh i can load up my my raspberry pi with a bunch of retro games right i can emulate those but uh i'm the type of person who really feels gets more enjoyment out of playing that on the hardware it was intended on being played on right i would rather pull out my game boy and play the original tetris or legend of zelda or you know any of those like mario tennis on the game boy just those <laughs> cuz it just feels natural to me i guess you could you could use steam link to like you know beam a game to your phone right um but then you have to maybe have a separate controller one of those controller attachments or it has to have a touch interface or you know i i don't know there might be latency that that gets introduced um that's a very good point there's so many but but then again what really concerns me about this device is how heavy do they lean into the fact that it's based on Linux? Linux gamers, right? Linux gamers love Steam, but Valve can't sell this just to Linux gamers. They won't sell enough of them. No. They won't. Uh, and I feel like most PC gamers, and when I say PC gamers, I'm talking about people who game on a PC, independent of the operating system, okay? I consider myself a PC gamer, whether I'm on Linux or on Windows, I am using, I, I'm playing Blizzard games, which aren't available on Steam. I am playing games on Epic that aren't available on Steam. I might be playing games uh, from Xbox or, you know, the Windows Store sometimes that aren't available on Steam. And so my point is, how many of these PC gamers are just Steam diehards who mm. are okay with the fact that they maybe can't play Call of Duty Warzone on this device or they can't play uh, any number of, you know, exclusives that Epic and Blizzard and all the other platforms have. And on top of that, there are certain Windows only games that they still can't play on Linux. It's a it's a small number, but um, you know, as you know, Shickle, the yep. the games that have really heavy DRM uh, anti-cheat uh, do not work on Linux stuff. yet. That's my concern is, is would you buy that? I'm torn in a way because 
a majority of the games that I do play are on Steam, and it does have the benefit of being such a massive library. Yeah. But I'm thinking about how that library really gets cut down when you factor in the control type, when you factor in, uh, like you were saying, the operating system. Uh, Some things won't run as well as they either should, or perhaps they don't run the way that they need to in terms of compatibility layers. If we're using things like Proton or Wine, or if we have games that are native on Linux but also have Windows versions, Mm. how do we expect the balance between which version of Proton is used to play out, whether it's using the Windows version or the Linux version? There have been instances where the Windows version via Proton runs better than the native Linux version. Yeah, yeah. Do they default to that then? And does the user have to manually control this? That's a good question. These are user sort of inconveniences that I think would really (laughs) downgrade the experience. Yeah, and I think if you're selling if you're selling a handheld gaming console of any kind for a mass audience in the East, there's a lot of switch like PC gaming handhelds like the GPD Win 3 and others, but they really don't have a foothold in the West at all because they're very, they're bulky and they're expensive and they're not really that powerful for what you're paying. And I think that Valve's real challenge here is they can't be selling this SteamPal device to the ProtonDB tinkerers. Yep. Uh, not. It's got to be like no. You have to take those decisions that you were talking about. You have to take those user inconveniences, as you said, out of the user's hands and just make it literally turn it on, install it, and play it. Yep. Now I can see. I can see one scenario where this becomes a little bit more appealing, even without um, support from like Epic Games and and Blizzard and all that. Microsoft xCloud. That totally works on any Linux browser that supports uh, WebRTC. So once xCloud comes out of beta, if it isn't already, I don't think it is out of beta yet. Considering it's, you know, xCloud supports touchscreen and gamepad interface, which the Steam Pal will have both. That opens up some interesting possibilities, right? And and then, yeah, so I don't know. And maybe, maybe for all of the rest, maybe... You just Steam link your main PC to your handheld if you're at least at home. Um, hmm. But again, I think that all that power user stuff is not going to fly if they want to sell a yeah. mainstream PC gaming handheld, which I don't think has ever been done on a like a wide scale, right? It's always the proprietary like stuff like um, you know Nintendo and and Sony. On the one hand, if they can pull it off you've instantly got a much bigger library than any other handheld can offer from Nintendo Blows or Sony. It out of the water. Just complete, yeah, obliterates it, right? Yep. On the other hand, there's no way it's going to be 300 bucks. It's going to be like 600? I I don't know. I I I can't even speculate what the price would be. Uh the other I don't thing Go ahead. I'm curious about is how they're going to manage the different spec requirements of games. The the benefit that companies like Nintendo have with their their consoles is that 
they set specific limits on their hardware, what kind of capabilities these chips have and yeah. are exposed through the software. And they have their own engines that games can use. And they have all of these things sort of figured out. And games are designed and to, to maximize that hardware mm-hmm. to the best they possibly can, which is why a rather insignificant processor on the Switch, like, it's not like weak it's just not impressive realistically but what it actually ends up doing is great the fact that it renders these graphics and can do it on full hd screens with no problem i mean it's it's because it's designed from the ground up with those limits in mind and with this kind of situation the majority of games actually i'll go as far as to say all of them because right now it doesn't exist none of them take into consideration the fact uh that it's going to be limited to this particular hardware Hmm. so the the range of success you're going to have is going to be just totally inconsistent yeah and that's another thing like on a handheld i've never um i sort of don't want to be messing around like okay for example, I want to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider on my Steam Pal, right? I don't want to go in there and and spend an hour figuring out, okay, how can I get 30 FPS? Maybe I'll, I'll you know, bump the resolution down to, to X, and then I'll uh, reduce the anti-aliasing a little bit, and then I'll, you know, um, let's, let's take the... Uh, I don't know, subsurface scattering, like, let's, <laughs> like it's, it's two pages of graphic settings, right? I don't want to mess yep. with that. I want to turn it on and have it, it look good and just enjoy it. And, yes. uh, you know, certainly games like Hades are perfect for this, this type of device, but the, the, the more AAA mainstream ones, like I've tried, uh, I've tried shadow of the tomb Raider, even on a Ryzen seven 4,800 H which has the it's it's you know it's on the uh it's it's on this actually it's on the uh tuxedo pulse 15 and totally capable processor but when you're talking about like triple a graphically intensive gaming i have to lower um shadow of the tomb raider all the way down to very low graphic settings to get playable 1080p that's not what i want out of a out of a handheld you know and so I convenience think is like the number one point of a handheld. It's literally just go. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the number yeah. one thing. You know, I love to be the the positive, optimistic guy. But I see so many hurdles for Valve here. Um and I don't doubt that they can pull it off because they have built all of these pieces. Like they've they have controller experience. They have done a fantastic job um, with the uh, design and production of the Valve Index. I just, I just hope that they understand that they cannot hope to be successful if they're just selling this to A, a, a Linux hardcore audience, and B, a Steam hardcore audience, right? Because yeah. I think PC gamers expect variety they expect their entire ecosystem it's not like when when i buy a nintendo switch i expect that i will just get nintendo games that's what i'm buying it for to a lesser extent same when i buy an xbox or a or a playstation so i don't know that's that's all i've got it's it's rumored to be coming out by the end of 2021 and i think the the only way it becomes viable is if it's affordable 
it is uh, not necessarily marketed as a Linux device. And if maybe AMD has developed some badass semi-custom <laughs> chip for this device, then I could that see be... it. I could see it being very promising. But uh, got any more thoughts about it? For me, the biggest thing is that it sounds amazing. I mean, as somebody who has fallen out of that tinkery phase, this actually makes me want to tinker with stuff again. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, I don't know. I, I feel more interested about tinkering with this than I would a Nintendo Switch. When people buy a console, they understand that they're not getting everything. And That's so true. if if the Steam Pal was positioned as a console, not not necessarily like this is PC gaming in the palm of your hand. They can't do that because PC gaming is everything, right? They right. have to market it in such a way that uh that that it's understood that it's a console and that you're not going to be able to play everything, but the experience is worth it, maybe. I I mean, I always hope for the best for Valve because I, you know, I I love what they have done for Linux gaming uh, together with Code Weavers. Do you remember the NVIDIA Shield? I do. Not yes. the tablet and was... not the TV box, but the actual like flip up NVIDIA Shield console. Oh, I didn't even know. Re- not until you mentioned it. Uh, I think I've seen it once in a video and brief mention. That was it. I mean, that was actually. Uh, I was really sad that they didn't continue that because I thought it was brilliant. I my my review, and at the time you have to remember that it was impossible to think about like lying in bed with a handheld console, an yeah. Android based console, playing Skyrim That's in like two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen, and that was actually my my the title of my review at Forbes was uh, Skyrim in bed. The Nvidia Shield <laughs> review. Uh, but that thing was great because they had kind of this, they had this, uh, this Wi-Fi direct type of solution where, you know, your, your GeForce card would talk directly to the NVIDIA shield and it would uh, have that steam link style functionality where you could just beam it from your main PC to your shield anywhere in the house and later online. And you would get a pretty, not completely latency free, but pretty enjoyable gaming experience and uh this the steam pal a little feels a little bit like the successor to that to me i like that yeah. i really like that yeah i hope it i hope it works out but uh it we'll, would be we'll keep an eye I on it buy one i would buy one i'll probably i'll probably buy one <laughs> it probably doesn't matter how much it costs i'll probably buy one no <laughs> yeah yeah well i think that's it I think that's yeah. that's our show. If you have any suggestions for future topics, you can leave a comment on this video or uh, you can email linuxforeveryone at pm.me. Shickle, where can everyone find you? Where can we stalk you, you at? Find me on Twitter at Shickle, uh, Instagram at Shickle. If you want to follow my photography posts, I've been doing a little bit of work on that. And uh, if you want to see my car, my Instagram Dude account Your for my car. new car zy jello on ZY instagram jello. i named it okay. jello jello oh my god <laughs> this car is like this 
illustrious shade of citrusy yellow and with like a touch of green or something it's it really pops and uh i'm sure that i'm sure that you get a lot of attention in that car it's a it's a gorgeous looking car there's a lot of windows rolling down when i drive by (laughs) and it's it's quite something (laughs) Uh, well, you can keep up with Linux for everyone in a number of places. Uh, the, the show notes for this video or this podcast episode will have all of those places. We're on Matrix now. Did you know that? Yes. We've got a Matrix channel now. It's bridged with a few channels of uh, Discord. So getting the communities together, which is awesome. Uh, we're on Fostodon. We're on Library and Odyssey. We're on Discord. We're on Telegram. So you can find us there. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, for another episode of Linux Plus Coffee. It's been wonderful doing this, uh, Jason. It's always a pleasure recording with you and you. Dude. And thank you. We, we I just I, I love being it. here. I missed it. I really did. <laughs> Until next time, take care and take care of each other. Bye. Bye. Done. <laughs> Yay. Words. Words are hard, if you, as you have said before. Thank you, Google. I'm a virtual assistant, but your words are still very real. Please keep them respectful. If you're frustrated with something, I'm open to your feedback.